Well, welcome to the John Schoenholzer Show here live at the McShen Foundation in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, there they are. I see we got some folks watching. Hello, Renee, Ben, Crystal. Good to see y'all. Ain't got nothing better to do on a Friday afternoon. Hey, look, man, today's going to be a little special conversation. I have one of my dear friends. I'm going to define my dear friend like this. For those of you who know your World War II history, there were two great generals. General Montgomery with the Allies of Britain and General Patton, the American general. And both kick-ass generals win battles and a common purpose was to defeat the enemy. So I'm going to characterize my friend here as General Montgomery. He's the, uh, the, the Brit, you know, the son of a bitch that was always messing with Patton. And then I'm, of course, Patton. So this is an honor of those two guys. Hey, but anyways, I got David Rook with me today. He's the... Uh, founder of uh, True Recovery, one of the founders, and uh, he's an awesome individual in recovery, got a little clean time under his belt, he's doing a great job running a recovery community organization, and he also headed up with help the uh, Virginia Association of Recovery Residences, which is a uh, emerging uh, alliance of recovery homes here in Virginia, but the, the short version is, there's probably two people in this area in Richmond area and probably the state of Virginia that I don't know of anybody that has more institutional knowledge or more experience, lived experience with dealing with sober homes, newcomers, recovery centers, hands-on, dealing with the daily challenges that come along with this illness than probably David Rook and then, of course, myself. So for those listening, you got, I think, two of the top soldiers in Virginia that's going to talk today about you know, what we're dealing with every day with the virus, the, you know, the coronavirus and how civic-minded we are. And we're trying to, you know, we are complying with, you know, all the agencies' requests and whatnot, but we still have a unique challenge, you know. You know, every day we got to deal with new folks coming in, trying to get into recovery, sheltering in place in a recovery house, which, you know, that's hard. It's hard enough just sheltering these guys and girls in recovery, but now we got to shelter in place and, and deal with all the stuff we're dealing with so i thought i'd let david just introduce himself and uh, just give us a, a brief overview of what he's seen and dealing with right now and then, then we'll go into the discussion from there the exact challenges that we are dealing with today and yesterday and probably tomorrow and how we're going to handle it and keep in mind we don't have all the answers so if some of y'all got some answers and you hear some of us say something and you got some good input, you know, make a comment so we can uh, expand on it. David, take it away. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> General. Um, you know, it, it is a, it's a challenging population. It's a challenging job in tough times. Uh, also, I want to say first, it's, it's good to be out and about today. Uh, you know, shelter in place applies to us, applies to us all. So, so I've been doing a little bit more sitting still uh, than usual. Um, and there's a bunch of unique challenges to, you know, we, so already in just, you know, a matter of about two weeks, we've had, uh, we've had several people that were doing well previously um, relapse. We've had it. Uh, Two, what I would categorize as mental health emergencies. One did result in hospitalization. Um, so, so we're seeing the, the effects of kind of the, the isolation. I mean, it, it is twofold for me. One, 
you know so in early recovery one of the things that worked greatest for me one of the things i've recognized and i think it's back you know my studies often is that connection plays a big role so some of the guys in the recovery houses have an advantage in that where there's other people in early recovery who can't make the usual meetings or the usual gatherings or the usual groupings so so it's unique in the fact that they have each other um but the other side of that is they also are sheltered in place outside of work they're not doing a whole lot outside of the building so so they're beginning to get on each other's nerves um and so we're starting to see that and also you know we know that that obsession and compulsion is a big part of, of recovery so some of this isolated downtime you know some people have lost their jobs so we're seeing the effects of that and really you know they're not able to get out and be connected as much so i think the obsession is setting in and, and so we're just we're really seeing that stuff you know um let me ask a question you know just well, question is like this is low-hanging fruit question you know how about the participants that we have in our housing units they're in level one housing, meaning, you know, they, they're rising good in their recovery, yet now all of a sudden they lost their job. You, you know, paying those bed fees is going to be a problem for many folks. And so how are y'all dealing with that right now? So we're trying to use all of the resources that are available to us um, in the community. You know, I know that the Employment Commission for the state of Virginia is 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 it seems like it's a little bit better of a fast track. I think they're overwhelmed with how we're having some people, you know, we're having some people have some trouble getting through um but they are able to do it they're able to get approved in one such case they didn't hadn't worked long enough in in 2020 or 2019 so the employment commit the unemployment commission went all the way back to 2018 and helped them receive that we're working with a couple of partner organizations some church organizations that are coming in and offering food and resources and toilet paper and stuff like that um, well, at the end of the day, we have rents and mortgages. We got to pay light bills. We have to pay. We have to pay our our our, our facilitators, our peers. So at the end of the day, that you know, there's going to be a bill racked up. You know what I mean? And right. Fortunately for for us right now, there's still enough. There's still enough working and able to pay to offset the ones that have lost their job. We, we're you know, we obviously we don't want to turn. We don't want to run anybody off because of this crisis. Uh, we're looking into some of the small business loans and stuff like that that can go towards paying mortgages and utilities and rents like that. So, you word, know, word on the street, you already got a million dollar check, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Show me where it's at. <laughs> Send me one. But uh, no, so you know, mm. now that being said, we're still trying to, you know, if 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 safety is not the issue. Um, we're, we're not asking people to sit around and just do, do nothing. You know, there, there's some other, we're, we're providing them with a list of places that are hiring. Um, we're trying to get them, you know, it might work out where we can get three or four people from one house hired in the same place where they can go in. Uh, it might be a third shift, so there'll be less people there, less contact. So we're working on doing that, you know, mm -hmm. with, with uh, Kroger and Walmart and some of the other places. I don't know if I'm supposed to endorse people on here back. Uh, you can endorse anybody you like. But, but uh, this ain't a 12-step meeting. Trust right. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're just, we're really, you know, it is, obviously none of us have ever seen anything like this before. Um, so it's really day-to-day -day as things change, more opportunities become available. Um you know, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe nationally SAMHSA will 
will change some of the rules about how their grant dollars that the state gets can be spent on recovery housing, and maybe that'll free up some ability for for some of the local municipal uh, government agencies right. to kind well, of support know, a little better. Me and you, we're both soldiers. Okay, we're, I mean we're in the trenches. We're doing real time services, real time. You know, helping these guys and girls. And I know you're not going to run nobody out for lack of payment, probably no matter how long it takes. You know, that's that's we're trying to use that policy here moving forward. You know, even if we're at capacity, which we're almost at, you know, if you're staying clean, if you're doing everything right, just because of our coronavirus, we, you know, that is going to be the last resort to try to exit somebody out because of the virus or the payments and whatnot. So, I think we're all searching for solutions and trying to access what may become available resources. But the truth is, today, the bills are rolling in. The bills got to be paid. And we got a lot of people trying really hard. And, and we're just, you know, we're, we're set up to do our best in that area. So let me ask you another question, like sheltering in place. You know, you, you know a lot of times we like to run houses and our regular recovery centers where we have you know, really good staff, constantly vigilant about warning signs for, for relapse. But obviously, when you shelter in place, you lose that connection. So there's going to be a lot of relapses. You know, we're already seeing a little uptick in, in relapses and, uh, you know, overdoses. You know, they're happening now, and I expect they'll get worse. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Another another challenge, not not – not unique to what we usually do with uh i think we've got a saying at, at true recovery where you know we don't give consequence for relapse we see if we can raise accountability um so if you know you don't give consequences for relapse we, what do you do we raise accountability we raise accountability how can we support you differently uh or, or better um, yeah, what did we miss? What did we do wrong? Why would you possibly relapse into a wonderful organization <laughs> such as this? It doesn't make sense. So, uh, yeah, so, and we're going to see an uptick in that. So what we're going to try to do, keeping the safety of the whole house in mind is obviously, you know, the goal. So as long as we feel like, and, and, and you know, we're not, obviously we're not trying to give a free pass for use, but understanding the unique challenges of not being able to connect and not be able to go to, our regular meetings, you know, I heard a girl sharing last night. She said, I'll never be, I've never been so excited to be able to go to a 12 step meeting. She's like, I'm looking forward to it. All I want to do is hug somebody. So, you know, knowing all of that, you know, we're, we're going to take that into consideration. Um, we have a, and you just hit on something though. Remember our, one of our main spiritual hits is that social connectedness. Somebody coming like from jail or, you know, and they finally get to hug a group at a meeting and whatnot, bam, overnight, that's no longer available, you know. Right. So that that's, that is a, uh, you know, that's that's a, something we got to adjust, improvise, overcome, and adapt, you know. Yeah, and we've got to, so our staff is, we've been fortunate that we haven't had to lay the body off yet. Um, I, who knows what the next two, three weeks right. will hold, but... Um, Hope your staff ain't listening. <laughs> well, you you never know. But uh, right now they're working, they're working so hard because right. we're not um, our regular center is is closed down. We couldn't even meet there if we wanted to. Uh, the the owners of the the building uh, have have shut it down until further notice. So you operate in a facility where the where the owner says you know cut the numbers. 
Right. So we don't have anybody reporting there. So we're doing it all at the houses. Um, well, that must be extra challenge to navigate. Well, it is because there's still mental health appointments to be made, doctor's appointments to be made. Some are still meeting with pretrial and probation. Um, well, we've got some few, are on MAT. So, but now the MAT folks have done really good with that virtual, you know, meet making over the uh, computer and right. And so we've been able to switch some of our people that are in uh, that do the counseling appointments. We've been able to switch them All over right. to telemed, and they're able to do that without. Without leaving, but you know, I mean, and the staff is working their tails off. Like, I know, you know, you would think shelter in place would be like a little bit of a relaxing time, but the truth is, these guys are, are busting their butt to, right. to so get by still, the houses. You're still doing on. intakes, too, right? We are doing intakes. We got a few new questions, you know, like, <laughs> have you had a fever in the last 14 days? <laughs> right. Have you been in contact? Have you traveled? Bob, Bob got a thermometer <laughs> down on his desk. You know, we're taking temperatures when they come right. up. I know. I want one of those forehead. Uh, thermometers where you just put it right on the forehead right. scan it uh, so so if somebody comes to true recovery do they still go to the, the office and get processed in there or? well it depends on what time of day it is uh, most of the time we're doing we've done a few intakes uh, over the last couple of weeks at the office uh, just one on one with one staff and we've done uh, oh you got rid of the static uh, we've done um we're doing most of them right at the house, and, and a lot of times. So you meet them at the house, do mm -hmm. the intake. That's a smart idea. That's not a bad idea. So keep keep them uh, isolated and separated from the other and, houses. And it's tough, you know. You got people that that say, you know, stay at home, don't go to work, and you know, I don't know what populations of people these people deal with. Like these guys, you know, even though we're trying not to run anybody off because of money, and we're trying to help, you know, work with other groups to provide food, like. You know, they're, 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 these are people with, with children and families and, and, and basic you know, you needs. Know, level one housing rules, it's basically folks come and go in at ways. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's kind of up to the house to enforce the policies of the company and do the drug testing and whatnot. But still, we haven't that difficult over here. You know, you got eight people in a house, four of them unemployed, you know, how, you know, Look, guys, you got to follow the protocol of the governor and the president. You know, we 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 now have you know stay in place, shelter in place laws. Is you know our agency, you know, you have our agency rules and regulations, but you still got additional rules and regulations. So, and we deal with a population that you know they're used to breaking policies and not paying much attention to rules and regulations. Uh, some of our house managers are saying, just trying to get them to wash their hands when they come in the house is a challenge. You know. Oh it's yeah, kinda... we, we got guys that don't like the bathe, man. I mean, <laughs> who, who raised these people? You, you you think and wonder sometimes. Just uh, you know, so some of them, some of them are rebelling, you know, and some of it is just good, you know. We all got the same challenges. You, you, right. It's not unique what you're doing and what we're doing. We got them coming out of jail though, and they 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 love shelter in place in a house with a sofa and a TV, and they can eat what they want to eat, you know. You know, we had a smoke a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> typical case. Guy got out of jail six a.m. the other day, right? And then he shows up here at five thirty. I said, "Where were you the other eleven and a half hours?" You know, you know. So you still deal with that newcomer mm -hmm. bullshit. You know, they want to ride around. Then you find out the guy stopped off and had a few beers on the way over, and <laughs> and I said, "Well, great." You know, I noticed some of the recovery, you know, at least one particular, we, we took a intake in the other day, and he, he was in another agency, another recovery house. He went on a run, and he came back, and that operator said, look, anybody leave this house, if you relapse, 
you're not coming back in because we don't want you to bring that virus up in here. And that, that on one hand, that's good. But on the other hand, you know, somebody else got to deal with that individual. So these guys that are relapsed, they're not thinking this through, and they never do. But now we got to do the thinking for them and how we respond to that. Because the truth is, if, if everybody that relapses over here, knowing that over 51% of your population will probably relapse during a 30-day period, you know, you, you could be 50% down, you know, if you exit all these folks out and if nobody's taking them in. Well, word on the street was McShim was going to start a uh, quarantine house, you know. Well, maybe we, maybe that'd be a good good place well, to funnel these well, guys oh, to for 14 days until they... All our houses are now quarantine <laughs> houses, okay? Let's get that real quick. We, 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 we did the math, and we're projecting, like, a lot of communities that, you know, the virus will come. It's going to hit, mm. and you're going to have... Multiple people with this virus up in these houses. I don't know how we're going to avoid it. So, you know, it's going to be a quarantine to particular rooms. But even still, it's not like we're going to have deputy dogs hanging out at these bedroom doors, you know. So we're going to have to deal with that. And and, and then we we trying to reach out and get, you know, the, the PPP equipment. We're so far down on the totem pole, I can't get a particle mask at Home Depot, you know. I know. You know what I was thinking, though? Every time I've ever been and got, I'm telling myself here, guilty pleasure, I like to get pedicures done. Uh, every time I ever went, they're wearing a mask. If anyway, I could just find one open and go by the nail salon, maybe I could buy my mask well, there they shut all them down. I, I thought that was a little bit too much because those stools are six feet apart anyway. You're right. Them ladies cover up pretty good anyways. But still... We are, we're all going to have, have the challenge of that virus inside of our houses. It mm-hmm. is coming. I don't know how we're going to avoid it. I, I just don't think we're going to be the chosen one. So, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I, we are not a knee-jerk reactionary organization. You know, my people, and I'm sure yours are too, you know, we're fighters, man. You know, we deal with the situation of the day. So, you know, this, this will happen, you know, and I, and, Remember, we also deal with the chronicity of the relapse. And I, and I think, to me, it looked like Central Virginia, especially, finally got their shit together. You know, finally, for those that are listening don't realize that, you know, Richmond's a community of, what, 1.2 million, 3 million, 4 million? We have, I think collectively, probably a 1,000 sober beds. You know, enough sober beds to, to probably limit the need for one additional jail in this community. Now, because of this virus, we now are going to have tremendous amounts of relapse, tremendous amounts of, you know, probably violations of new offenses. And it's the same population, whether we deal with them, true recovery, the courtrooms, the jail, the probation, parole. That's why I'm saying and suggesting it's really up to us to, to mitigate this the best and look after our people the best. And, you know, have you thought about that in it? Well, I think that I think it's unavoidable. And again, going back, I know we have shelter in place. Uh, we have an apartment complex downtown, which you're aware of, Eco Flats. Um, we have been bouncing the idea a little bit uh, around at at the higher level of staff with maybe taking one of those apartments, and if somebody tests positive, moving them over to at the each apartment could. Could potentially hold, you know, four people. Um, I, I, you know, I, maybe that's wishful thinking, and we don't get more than two, three, I, or four. I think that's but, great thinking. I think you of all people is in a good position. And when when people start testing positive, 
you damn right. If I were you, I would go on down to Eco and just start clearing out some apartments and put all the positive ones, fill up those apartments with them, you know, because because the chances and you might you might be the go to for the rest of these sober homes too, you know. That that's something we probably let's talk about that right now. Matter <laughs> of fact, you know what I mean? Maybe you should be the uh, go to place for the confirmed cases, right? Well, I mean, we would have to do some moving around, maybe some bed sharing because you know the. The funny thing is, this thing hit quarantine hit, and all of our houses filled up quickly. Oh, uh, so but uh, then but then the relapse, you get an increased relapse, right? Rate. You get an increased relapse, loss of jobs. I, you know, it's but we, we may be able to do something like that. I hope that we can we can minimize it as much as possible. Um, you know, I don't. Hey, let me uh, know. Usually, you don't have an answer until you got to deal with it. Right. You know? Well, now, now you just you nailed get an idea. it. Yeah, that's right. You just nailed it. We we are certainly those type of people. Once we get the problem, we deal with it. You're right. I'm just saying. Hey, look. Here's the crystal ball. It's coming. So let's let's do tomorrow what we can do today. But I but I do like to dial in on that eco flats a little bit because that might be a great solution for all of us. In the community, you know, my houses start getting confirmed cases, and I'm sure your houses will, and everybody else, you know, the bar yeah, members. And we've got a couple of units over there with individual entrances and exits where they wouldn't they they wouldn't have to come in contact with the doors or anything like that that anybody else is coming in contact with. We we can do a participant exchange program, <laughs> right? So you're open to that? Yeah, definitely. I, right. I mean, I'm open to doing whatever we can do. To protect our communities as a whole, you know, I mean, this is definitely a time where I don't think it should be every man for himself. No, we need to fight this together. Right. You know, we're, we're all gonna we're all gonna feel the effects from it, and I think that we're gonna come out better if we all work together. You know, so I think it's safe to say for those listening and that watch us later that at least our two agencies, but I would expect most of the bar members here in the Central Richmond area would probably collaborate on you know let's our fallout plan might really be if you get positive cases of the virus and you want to remove them from a house but isn't you know here's another thing to think about it let's let's say we got a house with eight people and, and finally somebody's got the you know the, the outward symptom of the fever the cough clearly they got it i'm still not sure how to get a test done you know because i read an article in the paper the other day where the woman had it and, and she couldn't even get the testing done at the hospital. It wasn't until they, you know, and her doctor saying, get the test. The hospital saying, we don't have a test for you. You know, they went back and forth for several days. The whole time the woman's got this virus. Mm-hmm. So if one of our houses come up with the virus, and by the time they're showing the real symptoms, the hard symptoms, you would think everybody else would be contaminated. Yeah, so I probably, and I was talking to somebody about getting some nasal tests, but I, you know, we can swab and then we send them off, but it's still five days. So I, you know, that's the other thing. Once somebody, once somebody contracts it in the house, I think you're going to have to, everybody in that house is going to have to go on a 14 day quarantine and then no new, obviously no new intakes in that now, house. How the hell are you going to get I, you 10 know? newcomers doing a 14 day quarantine when they can't stay put six hours? Right, especially if they're working, um, you know. I and 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 again, that's why. <sighs> so see there, I mean, this is this is the this is the crux of the situation. I don't think no matter what we do, it, you know, it's gonna it's coming. 
it's, it's going to be bad before it gets better. And we, I know we're going to do our absolute best. And I know can't nobody armchair quarterback us later because we call, we call the who we are and what we do and the way we think. You know, I just, I just can't think of anything better to do. But you're right. We can't get testing. We can't get PPE equipment. And, and we're dealing with a population that's almost impossible to deal with. And, you know, so <laughs> welcome to 2020. <laughs> yeah, didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I had a lot of things on my strategic plan, but, but the coronavirus and, and what's taking place right now, that's a new one on me. Yeah, it, it is, and, it, and, it, and it, it's challenging because, you know, we've gone to really no guys, strict curfew policies, um, you know, and so the guys that are working that have, you know, a significant other or, or children or, or wives at home, you know, they they want to visit and see them. And, you know, it's, it's one of these deals where we're letting them go to work, but we're not letting them do this other stuff. Um, All right, so for those just tuning in, a quick recap. We 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 – Operators in this community have developed a, a wonderful model of care for those suffering from substance use disorders. We've fully implemented social connectiveness, motivational support groups and meetings, outstanding recovery residences, complete with liberties and freedoms to, you know, get a job and launch into recovery. We even have a, a wonderful romantic spin to those in early recovery seeking relationships. You know what I mean? So everything that's that that is uh, all these little hope shots that we give overnight. The most important components of, of recovery in general. Boom, we got to put the brakes on and reverse. So now we're reversing back. Quarantine almost looks like isolation. You know, a lot of these kids come from you know traumatized backgrounds. Corrections. They're coming out of facilities where. You know, humanitarian uh, efforts just ain't the, the best they could be. You know, we, we humanized the recovery experience, and now it's almost as if we're dehumanizing that experience. You know, no fault of our own, of course. And it's so hard to get these newcomers to understand, look, we know this is a self-centered, selfish illness, and it requires a lot of personal responsibility, which newcomers are not good at personal responsibility. So... Now, I will say this, David, I'm glad we got guys like you out there doing the work you're doing and, and the other operators in our community because, you know, that alignment, that unity, you know, I, I'll say that on the spiritual side of the house. You know, that's important because I, I think the rest of the, the state and the nation and now that people see this video, they're watching us. You know, and how we handle this crisis might be in the playbook moving forward because I'm sure there'll be more of these type crises in the future. So you're making history right now. Right. Well, and I also want to point out, too, because it seems like, I guess we, we can get off on the tangents. It seems like it, it, it's like hopeless, and, and, it, and it is definitely difficult and challenging. But, you know, the 12-step programs, I know, um, I think McShin is doing some some live broadcasting or some web broadcasting. Well, Zoom is taking uh, off across recovery. the world. Yeah, and, and Zoom is, is on everything, peer peer uh, recovery groups, uh, smart recovery, different 12-step fellowships are out there, AANA. Uh, they're all, you know, they're doing their part. So so there is, there is some connection that's being able to be made, and then the recovery houses – if we can just keep them from killing each other, they can love each other, and they got a little bit of an advantage that somebody say, 
you know, that, that's never had an experience with recovery but can't find it right now because there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of places you, know, you, open. you just hit on a great point. Maybe, maybe this is a lesson learned from this conversation. Newcomers crave social connectedness. They crave going to meetings, seeing all the variety of people, doing the events. That has been taken away overnight. However, these recovery houses now, there's no way of separating that social connectedness in those houses. So if we get eight, 10, 12 man houses, that's actually should be a pretty good looking option for a lot of these newcomers out there. Maybe we need to start letting them know, hey, look, this is the only social connective game in town. I mean, physically social connective game in town. Everything else is on the computer or your or your phone if you happen to have one. Right. So that might actually you got to give them the right perspective. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't know how lucky you are. You. This is the largest. That's what I've been telling them. Yeah, this is the largest meeting in town right now. You an idiot, man. Y'all, y'all got it. Where else are you gonna go to a meeting and get eight people at other than your own home, which is all recovery all the time. Mm-hmm. Bingo. So, what else going on, man? Not much. COVID kind of put everything on put everything on hold for us, you know. Uh, well, hell, we just cranking away here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we used to have twenty five hundred meetings a year in this building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now it's like it's a ghost town down here now. It is. It was. It was. It was surreal coming well, through the hallways today. Seeing never, never seen it quite so quiet yeah. unless it was on a Sunday evening. You know, after you, closing. You know, I've been trying to uh, get people to get more involved in education as long as they got this downtime and a lot of time on their hands. You know, we got a lot of recovery movement stuff in the future still coming up. You know, so now's a good time for people to do your homework and get educated. You know, this thing will come to pass sooner or later. And then we'll be back at it, advocating, reducing stigma, you know, trying to get, you know, policy changes and shifts and a lot of our, you know, policies that aren't working, try to get proper funding redirected to agencies, you know, cranking out good work. So we probably have some advocacy work to be doing right now because now's not the time to turn budget money or or money in in our system away from – People with SUD, now's the time to, to figure out a way to increase that funding because, you know, as we were talking about, the only social connectiveness that these guys are getting are in these houses. The other places they have to go are unsafe and more isolated right. and more dangerous. And, you know, we need to figure out – we got some advocacy work to do now because we need to free up some, some money well, to kind of offset their, their expense for losing their jobs. Point well taken because, you know, I, spoken, I was speaking with the attorney general today. Me and Carol had him on the phone for about 20 minutes. And I and I said that very same thing. I said, look, I get it, man. Virginia, like everybody else, there's gonna be a hell of a budget crunch coming up. All these windfalls, everybody thought they got at the General Assembly this year, just vanished and probably gonna be cutbacks. All these agencies are gonna get a cutback. But there's one component out in that community, if there was ever a place to redirect and invest, you know. Money is going to be in that recovery community because we are the best bang for the buck, period. You know, mm-hmm. no, no matter how you look at it, it's a lot less expensive to use us and use this community for the needs of those suffering with substance use disorders. Those guys are going to need it more than ever right now. Did you notice how a lot of jails and courts, all of a sudden it ain't that important to guys come to court and go to jail? <laughs> you know, we had a guy show up in court last week without an attorney. Uh, 
And the judge, somehow or another, he still got released and court ordered him without his attorney. Usually they don't, you know, they don't even have, have a lawyer for him. The judge said, get out of here, you quick. Know, we're going to let you go today. Um, yeah, and there has been a little bit of an uptick for, you know, uh, around around the local area to try to get, you know, some of these guys and girls outside of the jail, you know, that, that they aren't real risk to public safety they're they're letting them get out you know this might be a good time to start talking about flattening the curve you know you got you got the coronavirus curve we're all working diligently taking it serious flattening that curve but there's the criminal justice curve out there you know a lot of that's just simple addiction related you know time to start thinking about getting educated on how we can flatten that curve when this other stuff blows over so there again this is a great time for modeling and you know example what what can we really do if, if we can create some sort of greatness out of this national crisis with this population maybe in peacetime so to speak we'll take us more serious right right yeah well maybe just be a little bit more lean towards the side of of, of recovery and opportunity you know and i think what we're going to see here what we're going to get an opportunity to do here, what we don't get a lot of opportunity to do if you're very heavily involved with the criminal justice side, a lot of times people have a slip, you know, and and they don't get that opportunity to re-engage in recovery for whatever reason. And I think that we're going to we're going to see it with, with, with the social distancing, the, the lack of ability to get in and out of courtrooms, the number of people that are working in the different agencies not being able to report as quickly. We might get an opportunity to, to have somebody slip re-engage them and then prove to the court that you know that just because somebody uses once or even twice you know if we go from somebody who you know is using every single day before they before they got into the criminal justice system and they get locked up and they get an opportunity to come to a mixed foundation a true recovery a war whatever's out there eco flats and then they <clears throat> They, they use once in six months, and then, you know, they're, they're nine months in, and they use again, or maybe they use three times. So we've gone from everyday use to three uses over nine months. I mean, that that's a success. That'd be a success. That's a big win in my book, man. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and I think we've got to start. We've, we've got to get everybody looking at it that way, you know, like because we are reducing that, risk and that, we're reducing harm. You might – that actually proves that good outreach, good engagement – at the appropriate time with proper dissuasion works. Now, that sounds a little bit like what they've been doing over in Portugal now for 15 years. You know, I'm big into this Portugal flip right now. How do we align our policies and drug laws like Portugal did? For example, if you get caught with drugs or using, like in in Virginia, if you got a, a needle or a spoon, ain't that like a felony? They taking all mm-hmm. that off the table in mm-hmm. Portugal. You don't get felonized for paraphernalia over there. What you get is an opportunity to talk to a dissuasion committee to see what level of service you might need. And as a result of those dissuasion committees, one in ten people actually get help during one of those engagement periods. So chances are good if you keep cycling through, you're going to get it. So we're actually implementing some of these Portugal principles, whether we realize it or not. And the proof's in the pudding. This stuff works, you know? Right. Well, and so I think I saw a slide one time where uh, the criminal justice system made up 17% of our gross domestic gross, product. Yes, and that, and that was, that hadn't been seven years ago. 2007, that article. <clears throat> so, so, yeah, even longer. Um, 
But so, you heard it from me when you first come around me. I did. You know? I did. And, uh, but so that was big money, right? So, so what I'm thinking now is, is what better time to start making the switch, right? The economy's tanking. We're not going to crush the economy, you know, or hurt the economy that bad if we make, if we make some switches in policy. Well, right you know now. the difference between the corona curve and the criminal justice curve? One is a virus that happened apparently natural, and the other was self-inflicted, self-made curve. That criminal justice curve, and that's the reason they don't want to be flattened out because that would involve stripping this massive criminal justice movement we had here in the last 30 years or so. So, you know, well, proof's in the pudding on this stuff. One, one thing about something, when you when you strip one, you create another one. So, so you know, it's not like dollars and cents-wise it's going to change. We're just going to change the location of those dollars and yeah, cents. Yeah, but you, you know, well, it, it will help our... We'll serve our communities better. You you increase the treatment, prevention, and recovery side of the equation. You decrease the criminal justice side. You save the criminal justice for the real public safety. And never mind that 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 is better for the community. You know, I hear people all the time saying, "Addiction's a choice. Addiction's a disease. This, that, and the other." And, and I think to myself, "Who did it? it Don't make a shit. What you know? <laughs> what if it was a choice or a disease? The truth is, it's ravaging." communities right now it's costing us billions of dollars the way that it the way that it's going right now so regardless if you believe it's a choice or not you know people are losing their children they're losing their well, parents the scientific fact so, is it's an illness it's a mental illness that's treatable those are facts you can't dispute just like the coronavirus these are facts you know i noticed president trump you know they immediately started um, relaxing policies and heavily funding to try to flatten the curve. Well, that's a great model. And when the coronavirus comes to pass, I think we should use that model to flatten the addiction curve we got right now. So I know recovery is, is a 40% solution to, the, to what ails us as a nation. Maybe 50%. <laughs> They well, do exactly yeah. as I say. We might get 60% out of this. <laughs> Cut the money loose. <laughs> well, you got to relax policies, too. Right. I think we got some policies that are just too, they don't make sense, you know. So, But it's up to us to reveal these areas of deficiency, you know. That's mm-hmm. why it's important we align ourselves moving forward with advocacy, you know, stigma reduction. What else on your mind, David, besides that new newborn at the house needing diapers and you can't find no diapers? Because everybody using diapers for toilet paper. I, you know, well, you know what? I was in the store the other day, and I was looking around, and there wasn't a, wasn't a drop of toilet paper. But every every bottle of soap was stacked up perfectly five deep on every shelf. I was like, these people bought all the damn toilet and paper, not, but no not one of them bought a bottle of soap. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's really going on out there. I was shopping the uh, other day, and I noticed the beer and wine section was pretty much cleared out, man. <laughs> I saw a 40% increase in ABC sales in one week. So you know we got a bunch of alcoholics coming here in about six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be. we'll have an uptick in domestic violence, divorce, pregnancies, Alcoholism. Uh, I think we'll see a little uptick here in the next little while. Overdose is just a projection and opinion, you know, but I think you know, we're going to see it. Maybe one of the things I noticed how during this coronavirus that people are doing deliveries, like they're actually delivering mixed drinks and liquor. Oh, yeah, they freed that up here yeah, in the city. And, and, they're, and they're delivering that. Those, those breweries can deliver booze. Maybe we can get later down the road, we can have people deliver AA schedules and, <laughs> and uh, Narcan kits and stuff, man. 
It'll be nice. I mean, we got a model which we can model after now. Now that we see what people are thinking in in, in regards to modeling, mm-hmm. what else going on? Not much, man. Just trying to, just trying, you know, not not only trying to help all the folks that live in our houses navigate, but trying to help. You know, my, my family navigate. Uh, like you said, we got a new baby at home. Uh, the wife's working from home. She's lucky enough to, to, to have a job that's still working or still doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well, hell, she's in an essential field, just right, like we are. Right. You know? She's getting, dealing with that. But it's getting challenging to her, too. So we got to work out a way for her to at least get in the office some days a week and get out the house because I think, you know, yeah. she might kill me if, well, you know, if she has to spend too many more days in there. Well, I noticed me and my wife have spent a lot more time together. You know, you know, we've been married 22 years and we have full lives, full careers, limited time together. Now we got all this makeup time together and, hell, I'm thinking about a part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, of course. I love every minute I get with my wife. Right. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been really cool to have a little bit of extra time at the house, like, you know, uh, but just being able to hang out with the kids and be a little bit more present. Uh, I, I really find myself just about as busy, you know, but just being at home, I can set it aside for a little while. I can work with them. Um, and I've enjoyed the time with, with the kids, with the baby, with, with Brandy. Um, but, you know. Ain't like a road trip. Right. <laughs> So and, and I get out, you know, I go out every morning. I go to the office every morning and, and two or three of us in recovery will meet up there at the office every morning. Obviously, you know, we, we abide by the six foot rule, but we meet up there every morning. Um I check my mail, go through some emails, and then roll back to the house. So in case anybody watching, we, we measured this. It don't look like six feet, but we actually six feet apart and maybe maybe a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, are you going to buy your houses personally, checking on them all, or are you letting your staff do it? Let my staff do most of that. Do your job, staff. That's right. Do your job. Well, they want to keep a job, so we got to keep them busy. <laughs> oh, well, that's important, uh, too. You know, uh, no, I'm not going out. Um, we checking our houses every day, man. But we've got, we've got staff that are going by every day that are checking on the houses that are staying in constant contact with the folks in the houses you know normally we don't have anybody that hasn't been in sustained recovery for at least six months in a house by themselves ever so right now because of the shelter in place we've got a few houses where where you know i've got one house where 100 percent of guys are still employed so that, that'll probably be the first house we yeah, get a house there man. yeah Oh, matter of fact, six months from now, if they still clean, still in the same house, still employed, we'll take a picture of it, send it to the Pope. We'll get our own chapter in the Bible, man. <laughs> but then, you know, I've got other houses where we've got two or three guys that are just kind of stuck there during the day. They're in early recovery. So, you know, the staff is doing the best they can to keep a check on them, make sure they're stopping in. They're doing, you know, they're doing daily peer groups, topic-related groups throughout the day. They're not just you know, laying around right. the house looking at their telephones. Like, we're still trying to, to keep them engaged. Each house has to do at least one and a half. They, they told me the other day, they said, well, damn, do we have to do it for an hour and a half each night? And I said, look, <laughs> man, you guys were going out to Smart Recovery, NAAA, all these other programs at night. I said, you know, by the time you, you came home from work, you took a shower because you all love to get dressed up to go to a meeting. By the time you got dressed up, went to the meeting, got home, it was a two-hour ordeal. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a half-hour break. Like, Just give me the you hour know, and a half. I was in the house the other night. They got eight guys in there, right? 
And I and they're bitching, they're complaining, woe is me. And I said, how many of y'all been locked up? All eight hands go up. I said, who are you bullshitting? Would you rather be locked up in a, in a little bitty cell, let out an hour a day in, into a concrete day room, told what to eat, how to eat it. I went through the whole routine. Now look at you. You're in the Taj Mahal. You got a backyard. You got three bathrooms. Tablet, smartphone. No kidding, man. What are you complaining about, man? You boys better keep this shit in perspective. So Yeah, and that's, that's just what we're working on. I mean, really, you know, consumed by that. And then, you know, I I was checking with the, with the state the other day. So, you know, I don't want as they lock this thing down further and further. So, so we got this letter type that we give our staff, and they ride around with it. Because I heard the other day Hanover and Henrico uh, were pulling people over, like asking them and doing like checkpoints. As I think Mary Pace said she got caught up in yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to the drugstore. Right. Don't tell so, them nothing more. <laughs> so we've typed up these pieces of paper that says essential employee because you know it's absolutely these people. We got the same ones, right? Man. And these people are generally under, you know, a. Uh, uh, a lot of supervision. So it's, it's, it's we are you know, first responders for critical, a population that, right. that has a mental illness. Critical that we're able to check on their mm-hmm. wellness and, and screen them still and, and, and make contact with them. So. Actually, we're, we're actually providing a vital service, you know, and we're not looking for recognition. We know what we do and how we do it, but it is a vital service and it's incredible. And so, where, where you want to, how do you, how do you think it's going to look a year from now? I have no clue because. I didn't know in January we were going to look like this in March. You know, we had big plans, and this wasn't part of them. <laughs> um, you know, well, a year from now, I think we'll be talking about a vaccine. Hey, we're going to so. roll it out in two months. Uh, we'll probably have uh, warehouses full of toilet paper ready for shipment. Um, but I do expect we'll be back to somewhat normalize a year from now, back at, back doing what we were doing Four months ago, so you know I'm 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 I know I know there's no doubt in my mind. Like a lot of things in history, this will come and go. You know that's why I urge nobody panic, no knee jerk reaction. It's going to end the way it ends, and during the process, keep you cool, keep your wits about you. You know, act intelligently as you can, pr- proceed as smartly as you know how. Worst thing you can do is is, is panic and live a life of fear. That's just not how we are. Right. Well, it, go ahead. It won't change anything. That's your phone ring. Um, I, I don't think it'll, you know, fear of panic won't change anything. I do worry about, you know, there's a lot of small businesses and restaurants and, you know, I, I, I got some concern for those guys. You know, it's going to be a, it could be a tough road road ahead and i think even even once we get through i don't know where are we at now june 10th till you know is that where we're going with this Shit, thing it'll probably be june july august so, who, who knows you know i i worry about those people worry about the impact it's gonna have you know on on our communities and stuff I, but i you know i know one thing you know we're pretty we in recovery are resilient but i think also us in america are a pretty resilient group of folks so i think we're gonna you know i have hope that we'll be all right. Hell, I know we're gonna be all right. <laughs> any 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 final words or thoughts? Have we got any questions, Todd? Um, well, honesty said that uh, she does a Zoom call 
group with each each female house four nights a week. You need to step up your game, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, we're probably doing eight eight Zoom calls a week. We're, we're doing the Zoom calls. We're doing those. We're, we're talking to our people. And then there was another comment back here from uh, Glenda Hicks. Um, she's sewing some masks. We'll get some made for you or made into you. Sign up here. Like in the comments, she gave. Right. Me okay. Well, well, yeah. Thank I mean, you, Glenda. So, yeah. But yeah. Do we got to so. buy them or are they donations or? I think she said they're donations. I, I, I believe. All right. Honestly, I always out there telling me to tighten up, man. I'm telling my wife today that, that people starting to wear, you know, wrap a rag around your face. She said, "Well, that's not gonna look good." <laughs> I said, "You want to live or you want to look good? Make up your mind." Well, I'm wondering about that too. Like, well, you got to put makeup on. You save a lot of money, man. When I just like, if you're going into a store with a mask on. You know, how do they know if you're robbing them? Or not? Well, you'd be yeah. an idiot if you was robbing right, them. So. So. Especially in Hanover. They right. shoot back. Half the people there, you <laughs> right. know, yeah, they carry. Right. And then we did have, um, we had a donation button linked to the right. to this. And someone, I'm not sure who it was, but they donated $95. I see so, that, man. Right. That's outstanding. So. Yeah, we never turned down a donation, man. We really appreciate it. That was, that was from Marianne. We appreciate it, Marianne. You, you a New queen in my heart right now, so thank you very much. You can bet your butt, too, that money going to go to great places because here at McShen, I don't, I don't want my participants to hear this, but we are not going to exit anybody out for lack of payment during this virus. So, you know, we, we got a little money in the bank, and now's as good a time as any to, you know, burn it up. So, you know, I, I think we're going to – us and I'm sure true recovery. We're just going to really be showing the world how this looks, how this works in this community. You know, it's a strong community, man. We got strong ties to this community, and nobody wants this community to to do as good as they can as we do. And I know that, so that's all good. And the other, last thing I have is I put up the contact information for the shirt you've got on. Uh, oh yeah, Michael Morrison, my man, sent me this cool shirt, quarantine and still clean. I appreciate it, man. I'm. I'm probably wearing it today. I'll probably walk around the park and have a bunch of people give me a weird look, but I think they'll understand it. I, I think the deal should be those. If you if you, if you buy a shirt for twenty bucks, you should make a donation to the McShin Foundation for twenty bucks to go towards a day for somebody in the house that can't pay too. Don't buy T shirts when you can pay for somebody who can't can uh can't afford to, oh, to I live today. I, I like the way you're thinking. We use that money to pay ego flats for our quarantine people. We said that. That was a good hit, Rook. I appreciate that. Anything uh, else? Closing thoughts? No, I, I, no. I, I mean, I think that we're going to be. I think we're going to be okay. We're going to weather the storm. I know uh, that we, like you guys, are going to do everything we can to continue to operate, house people. Um, Find different ways to support them. Be be innovative. Um, I appreciate the. I appreciate being on here today, Todd, John. It was a pleasure coming in. Good, good to get some 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 human interaction. Right. You know, this afternoon. So, well, I just, I just, I believe in my heart. Our, our agency, your agency, our two agencies, man. If we can't come up with solutions to these challenges, who is? Who can? You know what I mean? And and, and we run with like minded agencies as well. So. I'm, I'm very inspired by the core group of agencies in this space, in this community. So I think we're going to be a model. I appreciate you coming out today, David. Have, have a great day. Thanks for all the folks listening and tuning in. We love you here at McShannon, and we wish you well. And remember, if you have a comment, 
put it up there. We'll look at it. And if it requires a response, we will let you know. Thank you very much, gang. Love you and more later. Bye.